Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Liberty Talk FM. was out there so he felt that he needed to take a trip as well as do the show from arizona how you doing on the west coast i'm doing great on the west coast here it is uh an hour behind chicago because daylight saving time not observed not a factor in, in arizona in, uh, that's huge no it uh it is huge it's weird my mom thought i was texting her at uh, five in the morning a couple days ago but i said no it's only it's six o'clock mom it's not that early but, um, yeah, I'm in Tempe, Arizona right now, and I'm, I'm going to Vegas for a couple of days, so I'll get to catch all the college football championship games on the big screens with the big boys, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Let's just, let's just be honest for a second, and for everyone listening and for everyone who participates in the act of gambling, whether it's a vice or whether it's just a recreational activity for you, if you're in Vegas, I think it amplifies the situation, and I think that can lead to higher swings. Would you agree there's either more losses or more gains but in Vegas, it goes either extreme. Oh, I absolutely agree. I mean, it's all around every casino, every book you walk in. I mean, there's a million TVs. There's a bunch of tables if you get bored. I mean, the sports book, there's nothing like going up, placing a bet with an actual person at the counter. Um, so, yeah, the swings are definitely larger. They usually go more on the downside for myself. But, you know, we'll see. I'm, I'm feeling a good college football Saturday, and hopefully it takes me into Sunday. But I'll have to leave by about 3 o'clock, so I won't be able to stay all day. Um, but i got two solid days of gambling to get in, so we'll and see how it goes. Especially with Saturday's college football or the conference championship games, which we're going to get into real shortly. But since we're just doing maintenance and we're checking in with everybody, since, you know what, I, I feel like we need to be a little more personal. We need to touch on some areas that uh, aren't always sports, but we rapidly get back into. For Chicagoland people, this has been big. 104.3 changed from oldies to uh new or old school rap so i think that's fantastic i think they're pushing a lot of biggie not so much tupac i think that's that means something i think that the chicago radio station seems to be on team east coast over west coast that's more relevant for me than anybody else and then the big big news xander three under today shooting a 69 in his return tiger woods so that begs the question and i already have my answer is tiger woods back is he the who's back of the week as pardon my take would say uh, see, I knew you were going to bring this up, and I'm not even—I'm not even sure if you told me Tiger Woods is never going to play or never going to win another major again. And I don't even remember what I said, but from what I saw on Thursday, 
Um, I got to say that right now he's back. I mean, he looked good. He looks really good, especially for how long he's been off. Um, obviously, you know, there are a couple things he could work on. His chipping wasn't as good as it usually is. Um, but I'm comparing that to the Tiger Woods. That was the best golfer in, in the history of golf. But shooting three under on day one, I mean, it, it's a beautiful day when Tiger Woods is golfing. I mean, just the, the whole sporting world just really kind of rallies around him. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. I, I'm still on the uh, no major. I don't think he'll ever win another major. Okay. I really just think this is – he's going to be a competitive golfer. That's even more than I said he was going to be when we had our first argument about this. I think he'll be a competitive golfer. There's no way he'll close a tournament, and I don't think there's any way that on a, any given run from one of the young guys, whether it's Fowler, Spieth, Johnson, whoever it is, I just don't think at his age he's going to be able to keep up. I know people could argue that Phil Mickelson did win the British Open recently, and he's older, and I don't know. I just think with all the injuries, especially since he's injury-prone, just like any other athlete in any other sport, Tiger Woods is now considered injury-prone because, honestly, since 2009, he's battled more injuries and more mental situations. I'd like to put it 50-50 on the mental situations and the injuries, but... The injuries are a factor. I really, I, I don't see another major in his future. I think it's great. I'm super excited for those who really do appreciate the game of golf because I know having Tiger Woods back really puts a face back to the to the sport. So, I don't know. I'm not on the Tiger Woods yeah, bandwagon. Uh, speaking of who's back of the week, I actually had another guy um, who's dealt with a lot of problems in his life, but is coming back this week. It's Josh Gordon for the Cleveland Browns, number one wideout. Hugh Jackson said he's going to be the number one this week, and Kind of excited to see what he does with Deshaun Kaiser, Kenny Britt, Isaiah Crowell. I think it'll be an exciting week for the Cleveland Browns. Okay, now that's a sore subject, just real quick, because on last week's show, I I was a little irate. I was angry. I was spitting into the wind, whatever you want to call it, and I provided Julio Jones with his greatest game ever. I might as well have been yeah, the quarterback. Yeah, you, you fueled the fire. That was his best game in a long time. That might be the best game in his career, and there are some big... There no, he, some he did big, have a 300-yard game last year, but this one was close. Two touchdowns, though, 12 receptions. I don't know. I'm putting it up there as one of his top five for sure, at least, and of course it came oh, yeah. on Elimination Sunday for the first time... <laughs> Since 2006, when I started playing fantasy football, and this is not a since, this is the first time ever in my fantasy football career, I will not be participating in postseason fantasy football. And it's a bitter pill to swallow. I've been very much against the NFL this year. I don't care about the whole kneeling. I don't care about the concussion stuff. I'm against it because it's providing me nothing in terms of fantasy, (laughs) gambling, and the Green Bay Packers being injured. It has provided me nothing this year. The NFL is going to ride off into the deep, deep darkness. I might protest the Super Bowl for the first time in my life. If I can't make the fantasy football playoffs, they're not going to get my attention for the playoffs. So I might be postponing and doing a whole rally against the NFL for fantasy purposes. But I will not be paying attention. I am also going to be out of the fantasy football playoffs. And that only came because I did just pick up Josh Gordon as well, and we were just on the topic. I think he's a stud wide receiver. Honest to God, I think Cleveland's not going to be the answer. He might just put him back on drugs with how bad they are. But I really believe that Josh Gordon, who soon to be a free agent, will actually make an impact somewhere as a wide receiver. I mean, he's going to be one of those feel-good stories in five years, if he can stay clean. I mean, stay off the weed, you know? It's just... It's a matter. That, that was about the. That was the best thing he was doing. You should have heard that documentary about him. 
Well, he was making 10K a, like a week or a day. I forgot what it was while he was at school selling. And I was like, my God, that is a great job to have, I guess. But obviously, I, I don't have the ability to do that or would want to put myself at legal risk to do that. But again, I think he's going to be a feel-good story. I think it's great that Hugh Jackman or Hugh Jackson, whoever the actor or the coach, it doesn't really matter who's running Cleveland. They're a terrible organization as is. I think it's nice that they're putting Je- or Josh Gordon back at the helm. And I think that's a good like wide receiving core. Again, you're still waiting for a quarterback. I know you're not totally off of Kaiser, but you got Corey Coleman and Gordon. I think that I think that's going to be instrumental to that team moving forward if they ever plan to move forward as an organization. I mean, that either comes with starting to win now or just moving your franchise because, honest to God, it's pitiful what that organization is. And I hope Cleveland fans don't get totally irate by listening to this. But that is some news. I mean, I don't know if you have any other news that are surprising you. I mean, there's a lot of big news in the NFL besides Josh Gordon. It's Eli Manning, probably the biggest story of the week. Guy who started 210 consecutive games, getting benched for one Geno Smith, who was probably one of the worst 10 quarterbacks in the league over the past five years, I would say. Uh, he's awful. But so I, I was really excited, and I'm I'm one of the few, and. I was really excited to see the benching of Eli Manning, and there is a butt to this. Really? There is a butt to this. How can you say that? I, I know. I took it back because I watched and read a bunch of tweets, watched a bunch of videos, and how sad this legitimately is that they're doing this to them. We're running out of time here, but I just want to say why I was relieved is no one's going to catch Brett Favre's record, but I do feel bad <laughs> for Eli the man because this really was a poor, poor move. But that's all the time we have this this segment, everybody. This is Sporting Edge at LibertyTalk.fm and AMFM 24-7. We'll be back after the break, everybody. What's up, what's up, everybody? This is the Sporting Edge. And in the first time in 210 NFL games, which I don't know, it's 2004, I believe, was the year that Eli Manning didn't start. We will not see Eli Manning on the field this week. And what I was saying, also why I took back my remarks of being happy that he wasn't, he wasn't going to play, is how honorable he is and how they gave him the option to go out there and continue that start streak but he felt if he wasn't going to be responsible for their win or keeping them in the game, that it wouldn't matter to him just playing a half of football. It just wouldn't be honorable, and it wouldn't be the streak would be tainted, as he put it. And I, and honest to God, it completely flipped my like opinion. I, I don't dislike Eli Manning, the man. I just I love Brett Favre that much more. But honest, honestly, I feel terrible that this situation is now occurring. You're two and nine. Why are you doing this to the guy? Yeah, you know what? I, I agree with you. After I saw what Eli Manning said, I've always I've always been a little bit of an Eli fan, not not really huge. I mean, I'm not a New York fan, but I have to say I love Eli Manning now. I mean, what he said, almost in tears about getting benched, um, I took that as a sign as a guy who's been with this team for so long, been through so much, and done so much good for New York. I mean, forget about the season they're having right now. The guy has brought home two Super Bowl titles. In 13 seasons, which is a lot MV- more and won the than a lot of other quarterbacks can say. Go ahead. No, I was just saying he won the MVPs for those Super Bowls as well. Right, right. So, I mean, Eli Manning, although he hasn't had a great season, is not really the root of all the Giants' problems. I mean, there's a lot wrong with that team besides who's playing quarterback, um, especially the head coach, Ben McAdoo. A couple years ago, I thought it was going to be a great switch off from Tom Coughlin. has been an absolute disaster, but... He's an Eli Manning, coach. like, like you said, you know, 
I like how he didn't want to start the game because he wasn't going to finish it. I mean, he, he's talking about a streak meaning something more than just being a number. That's another thing I really appreciate about it. But the thing I don't get about the benching, why Geno Smith? Why not Davis Webb, the guy they drafted this year? Why are we well, giving the reins to a guy who is absolutely horrible? We know he's horrible. So Geno is getting this week. They didn't feel comfortable putting Davis Webb, a rookie, on the road in Oakland. I mean, going west co- east coast to west coast is never super beneficial. I know you definitely get some hours back in your day. But they didn't want to do it on a, on a short week of decision-making and on a long trip. Or Right now... Davis Webb is projected to start week 14, so we'll see how that goes. They're going to test out both of them. I mean, Geno's disgusting in terms of how I mean, he's off. I don't care that they're not going to start Davis Webb this week, but then don't start Geno Smith. I mean, keep Eli Manning. It just it doesn't make sense to me, and it's, I think it's, it's embarrassing how they've handled it. I mean, I, I feel bad for you. I think I really McAdoo, and McAdoo has, is a lot to blame for this. I think he runs the team poorly. When, they're, when they say there isn't camaraderie in the locker room, I believe it. He doesn't seem like a player's coach. He doesn't seem very personal to his guys. And it seems like he's okay with people rolling over and being done. And he doesn't really have much of a voice to pick somebody at spirits back up. I don't think he's the coach of the future for the Giants, but I don't really care at the end of the day. If New York's bad, that means that's another team the Packers don't have to worry about when the Packers finally get good again. He might not be the coach next week. You never know. Who knows? But it is it is the time. We are ready to go. I am very excited. It is very big. Conference championship football this week will be immensely important to this college playoff, especially when Selection Day comes around. Alabama losing this past week. Shocker, although maybe Auburn really is this unbelievable and unstoppable force moving forward. I don't know. What it wasn't a, what. It was not a shocker to the Sporting Edge. It was not. We did both. We did both pick Auburn plus four and a half. So once again, keeping us on uh, keeping us on our winning ways. But uh, I don't know. I'm excited for this rematch, Auburn and Georgia. Let me be honest, because I know we have to make our picks here shortly. I'm really feeling the Bulldogs. <laughs> mm, you go back. You go back. You'll be disappointed again. I mean, Georgia. I, the whole thing when you play a team twice, that always concerns me. It concerns me if I like, like if the Packers play a team twice, I'm definitely concerned. I don't know. I know the spread is, once again, it's a close game spread. Right now, I've got Georgia plus three, and I like that. I want them to be the underdogs this time because it didn't work the last time around. So I guess we're do- I'm doing the SEC pick early. I'm going Georgia in this game plus three. Like I said, I think. This would, first off, Georgia winning would also eliminate, I believe, or Alabama from the college football playoffs, which I still think is a long stretch for them to now get back into, by the way. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely talk about Alabama. I have a lot of thoughts on that, but I'm, I'm, I'm on the complete opposite side here. I think Auburn is a much better team than Georgia, and I think they showed that when they played them the first time. Georgia, I mean, like I said, when they played at Auburn, they were behind the entire game. They had no chance to get back in. I mean, you look at Georgia's schedule the entire year. Besides that Notre Dame game in Week 2, which I give them a lot of credit for winning, they have not played any close games this year. And Auburn, being a team with one of the best front sevens in college football, is going to be a lot of trouble for Georgia in that offense. I don't care about Nick Chubb being, about, being one of the best running backs in college football. This Georgia team is going to struggle against Auburn. And we saw that Auburn can compete with the best team in college football, which I still think is Alabama. So I think this two-point spread is kind of a joke. I see this game being at least a 10-point 10 10 point swing in favor of Auburn, especially because they're at home. 
I didn't think Georgia had a chance. Well, it's a good thing that we're going to be on opposite sides. I mean, last time I came over to your side and put money on my or on Notre Dame against Miami, it completely went the other way. So I'm sticking to my guns this week, and I'm absolutely keeping it with the Georgia Bulldogs. I think Fromm's going to come out there, figure it out. This Bulldogs team will not run into the wall again because that was – They will. They absolutely, absolutely will run into the wall. Oh, it was hard to watch, but I think, once again, you played a team, so now you know what's going to happen. You didn't know for four quarters. It is time to get quarter five, quarter six, seven, and eight done with and a victory sending Georgia to the college football playoffs. I strongly disagree, but <laughs> you know what? We'll see. We'll see this week. I mean, Auburn, the past few times I've picked them, have not disappointed. Um, but I, I, I don't even think it's a secret. I mean, I don't care that it's quarters five through nine or five through eight, they know exactly what they're getting with Auburn. They're getting a ferocious defense, and they're getting an offense that can move the ball. Georgia's just is not that team to me. I mean, I know they've had a great year, but you know what? I think you're just Auburn in the college football playoff. You've been a hater. That's all I can say about Georgia. You've just been an absolute hater. But if they lose this game and get spanked and end their season 11-2, and did I not exactly call Georgia's season? Pretty good, but get beaten the biggest games of the year when they really needed it. They did win some big games. I don't want to. I don't want to shy away from that. But we'll see. That's enough on the SEC. We are going to come back to talk about Bama. Let's just do a quick one. This one doesn't have a lot of implications other than I love this team. Recently, gambling. I've been making decent money off of the Stanford Cardinal. They're playing USC in the conference championship. Another one that doesn't really make a difference. I mean, the Big Ten could have no participants this year. The Pac-12 absolutely won't have any participants with that Alabama loss. But I love Stanford plus four. I like the underdogs this week. I feel like I'm uh, I'm turning into wits a little bit, but uh, a smarter, more beautiful kind of wits. <laughs> That's fine with me. I also like Stanford plus four. I mean, they've been on an absolute roll lately. Bryce Love, I think, is a guy who could compete for the Heisman. I mean, you look at it, almost 170 yards a game on the ground. Pretty nuts. Stanford 3-0 all-time in the Pac-12 championship. I'm a numbers guy. I like them plus four, and I really don't like USC. I mean, that, that kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with this pick. USC is a disappointment, and I heard a couple of our friends talking about how they think they have a chance to make the college football playoff. Stop it. Looney Land. No chance. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely no chance. I So I like the Bryce Love pick you have for the Heisman I mean it's not even going to be close Baker Mayfield's going to win that but I think he is probably right I believe he is second running to Baker Mayfield I think he's been super impressive and the big concern was is he going to be healthy enough in this game he went out and played last week that's all I needed to see they beat Notre Dame which is very impressive and I'm ready for Stanford I think they're gonna I know this conference game doesn't mean a lot but I guess the question becomes when does the Pac-12 become relevant again and does it really only rest on USC. I know Washington has been to the playoffs, but they barely were there. I don't like the Pac-12 should be a competitive conference and a competitive league in the NCAA. It just it hasn't been the case, and I wonder if USC really carries that much weight. Uh, you know, maybe the past couple of years, but I mean, you look at the rest of the conference. Washington playoff team last year. You have an Oregon team who a couple of years ago was consistently in the top five. I mean, you got a UCLA team who's been a down program the past few years, but these are some big names. Um, when you add USC, when you add Stanford, Washington State, Cal, I mean, you know, if this conference could kind of turn around over the next couple of years, we could be looking at them. 
ahead of a conference like the Big 12. I mean, you know, they've had a down year, and that's why I think they don't get as much love. But they do have some teams who could definitely go out and compete. Yeah. Make this Pac-12 conference the second or third best conference in college football. And we'll see. We'll discuss more of that when we're back from the break, everybody. This is the Sporting Edge at LibertyTalk.fm. What's up, everybody? Bubba here. It's finally here. The long-awaited Bubba Report. Bringing you news from all the trading floors across the globe. We've got Scott Chalady, the cow guy, as seen on CNBC, Fox, and Bloomberg. We've got Keith Bliss, CNBC, Fox, and a floor trader at the New York Stock Exchange. We've got the Badger, who writes the hot topics in the political news. We've got myself putting together my own unique indexes that will help you give you a better idea of what's going on in the market. All you need to do to get a hold of the Bubba Report is go to the Bubbyshow.org and sign up for the newsletter, or you can email me direct at Bubba at the Bubbashow.org. We want you to have this report because we've got over 150 years of experience talking about markets, getting ready for the trading, and puts you in the best position to have successful. So email me at Bubba at the Bubbashow.org to get a copy of your report or go right to the website, the Bubbashow.org. Make sure you get it. It's a must-have for every investor and trader. The Bubba Report. What's up? What's up, everybody? We are back. I'm pretty lonely in the studio. I'm not going to lie right now. It's uh, it's quiet. It's dark. I'm in river woods, and I'm always afraid there's a fox lurking or something that wants to eat me in these woods. But uh, I'll tough it out, Xander, for you. We were just talking a little bit oh, about the you. Pac-12 um, prior to the break and when what it would take for them to come back a little bit. I think, yeah, you're right. The Big 12 is kind of weak, what you mentioned, and that's actually going to be the next game we get into. But I want to talk about... The pack, the Pac-12's issue right now is, and I know you just tried to debunk what I was saying. I think USC is the only team, and I could be completely wrong, in this conference that has a national championship win in the last two decades. Am I? I could be wrong. Maybe not. I know in basketball it's not the case, but in football I believe it's USC, and I think. I love what Oregon had to offer. I love what Washington – I actually hated Washington, Washington's team last year with Jake Browning. I'm not even going to try to sugarcoat that one. But USC is the factor. And I think what's so sad is there's so much stock put into USC every single year, and they just always implode. They always fail their meet expectations. And I think that hurts – the Pac-12 because all these other teams don't really get that recognition then I mean I don't think there was any other team considered for the college football playoffs from the Pac-12 I don't think Washington was ever really legitimately considered I know they lost to Stanford and then fell further out of the polls but I don't think they really had a shot to be in at any point I think USC was literally the only team that they were willing to put in yeah I mean Washington you know once once a team like Washington loses a game I think you kind of put them on the way out unless everybody else loses two games. Um, and I kind of agree with you. I mean, the conference has just been, it just been weak. Um, when you look at championships, which not to say that it's not a great conference, but, you know, I think that just makes it tougher to make the playoff when you don't play in a conference like the SEC or the Big Ten, which I think, you know, have clearly put themselves ahead of the Pac-12 this year. But, I mean, that, that's, why, that's why we watch every year. You know, things change, things happen, but... I know you wanted to talk about Big 12 championship. Let's hear your pick. Is it, is it Baker Mayfield or is it Kenny Hill? So this is tough because I half points usually are beautiful when you see a six in front of it, but when you see a seven, you kind of get a little uh, – everything starting to tighten up in your gut. We've got Oklahoma minus seven and a half right now against TCU, and it wasn't very close the last time. In fact, they did cover that spread. I am 
totally a Baker Mayfield guy. You can grab your crotch like Michael Jackson. You can grab your crotch just to be a piss off to somebody else. I love it. Just be intense. Be aggressive. And I mean, I don't even think it necessarily is his fault for those actions. I know he's the one performing them, but that Kansas team was egging him on by being unprofessional and not shaking his hand and being rude or callous towards him. I love Baker Mayfield. (laughs) I love his Heisman win that he's going to get this year. I love Oklahoma to win the national championship. I am jumping the freaking gun right now. Boomer Sooners. Wow. I think they're my national champion this year. After Alabama went down, I had to reevaluate my life. I'm still 5'10". I still can't dunk a basketball. But I do know that Oklahoma is going to win a national championship this year. And I am taking them minus 7.5 this week against TCU. Okay, I agree with you. I think Oklahoma, has a, I'm going to say has a chance. I'm not going to pick my national champion yet. I think they're going to win this game, but I do like TCU to cover um, I know this is TCU's first ever appearance in the Big 12 championship game, but I really like Kenny Hill. I mean, I know he's a little overshadowed Oklahoma's by Baker Mayfield. But, you know, they have turned the ball over one time in the month of November. TCU is a very good football team. I mean, you kind of forget about them, you know, not being Oklahoma in the Big 12. But at 10-2, and two, they've had an unbelievable season. They've beaten some very good teams. And I think they play a close game. I mean, I know Norman is a really tough place to play for road teams, but I do love TCU plus seven and a half on the road, um, but I do think Oklahoma is going to win this game. And we'll break down my championship thoughts a little later. But for this game, I like TCU plus the points. Hey, so yeah, this is the inaugural Big Twelve championship game. So both of them are performing in their first Big Time or Big Twelve championship. Very excited, and I think that that just provides another platform for them to shine. And Oklahoma knows that they need to win convincingly. I know it doesn't any way they win they're going to be in the in the conference or the college football playoffs but i think they want to win right. convincingly just to show hey maybe we deserve to be the one over a clemson or over a wisconsin who's not going to take it and definitely over an auburn i mean we're looking at the first potential two loss team to make the college football playoffs if your pick comes to fruition and auburn does beat georgia but i think oklahoma uses this game to make a point hey we're going to be the number one team going into the playoffs but let's move on from the Big 12 to a conference we haven't mentioned. Even in the time we were bashing the Pac-12 and giving praises to the Big 10, who probably won't have a team, and or the SEC, what about the ACC, where I think they have one of the most dominating teams in this entire NCAA landscape? I think Clemson, absolutely dominating. I think they're going to get beat pretty good in the playoffs, but I'll explain that in a minute. That's a <laughs> ma- that is a massive spread, my friend. It, it is a massive spread, but I've learned one thing this year, and that is to trust the Clemson Tigers. They have not let me down, and when I've gone against them, they screwed me. Clemson has been so consistent all year. I know they lost to Syracuse on that Friday night. Kelly Bryant was out second half. I do think that's a big deal. I know they were not playing a great football game, but Clemson has continually been at the top of their game the entire year, and I think that's something that a lot of teams cannot say. We talk about you know a ferocious front seven on defense. I like to stack Clemson right up next to Auburn as one of the best defenses in college football, and you look at their schedule over the course of the year, they've beaten Auburn. They beat down Louisville when Louisville was ranked 14. They beat a number 12 Virginia Tech. They beat a number 20 NC State. They beat Florida State, which I know is not a very good team. Um but they did take them down. They beat South Carolina 34-10. to This team is battle-tested. They won the national championship last year, and now they're facing a Miami team that 
absolutely blew it last week against Pittsburgh. I mean, that game was atrocious. I did, I did not think Miami was very good to begin with, but the fact that they lose to Pittsburgh with a chance to make the college football playoff if they beat Clemson, unacceptable. This team is reeling. Clemson is going to take a bad, steamy you-know-what on Miami, and I'm going to love it. Kelly Bryant, I think Clemson is going to win the national championship, so there's my pick, surprise for the year. They're going back-to-back. I believe that the 9.5 is prettier than the 10 that was initially there. It did just go down to 9.5. I think I'm also going to be on Clemson minus 9.5. That offense will not show of Miami's, and I think this Clemson defense is going to keep it silent. It becomes the turnover factor, which was my big thing come that Miami-Notre Dame game. I said Miami wins that game and wins it convincingly if the turnovers are there. Absolutely were. I think that Clemson, though, smarter not a smarter team, but I think they're a more talented and athletic team that will keep the ball in their own possession. I think 9.5 is a lot of points. This is not one where I'm putting high confidence on, but I will take Clemson with you, Xander. I think that uh, the Tigers are going to win this one and seal up their college football playoff fate. Now, back to the Big Ten. The most, to me, interesting game because I am recently become curious to whether or not Ohio State has a shot to make the football playoffs. And I don't know what your take is on that. Wow. I mean, this is about as tough as it gets because you talk about one loss versus two loss, a team that has a champ- uh, conference championship, a team that doesn't. I think this is what's so tough about the selection committee and what they have to do because I really don't know, you know who deserves it more if Ohio State wins. Do they deserve it more than Alabama, even though Alabama's only lost the game? I think Alabama should be in the college football playoff simply on the eye test that they are one of the top four teams. But that's only my opinion. I know that there's a lot to look at. You know, who you lost to, when did you lose to them, did you win a conference championship, what was your strength of schedule. There's so many different factors that go into this. I don't think there's not a perfect way to do it. But the Buckeyes would have a very interesting case if they were to come out beat Wisconsin at Wisconsin, um, because if Wisconsin wins, they're in. They're ranked fourth right now. They're undefeated. I personally like to see them lose because I do think that Alabama would be that next team in for Wisconsin to lose. But if Ohio State made it and snuck up to the fourth spot, I wouldn't be surprised either because I guess a conference championship weighs pretty heavily on the selection committee's mind. But I think the system is is just a little bit unfair because when I look at Alabama's season as a whole body of work, a team that has lost one game, and that will be to, I think, the eventual SEC champion, I mean, I think it'd be really tough to lead that team out of the top four. That's fair. Who? So this game is interesting because Ohio State's the favorite, and the last time I tried doing this whole thing where I picked Wisconsin against Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game, they ended up losing 50-0. to zero. It was one of the most embarrassing conference championship games of all time. I... So torn meniscus, JT Barrett, a healthy Wisconsin team that's eager to finish undefeated. I like Wisconsin plus six and a scary pick, but that is going to be my pick. And Xander, we're running out of time here, but who do you have in this game? I don't like it either, but I'm taking Wisconsin plus six. I mean, I, cool. I, I think they're going to keep this game close. I believe that's going to be the case as well. I think JT Barrett, it's honorable. I mean, you have really nothing to play for in this game if we do believe they can't make the playoffs. But I think it's cool that he's going to come out there and try to beat this Wisconsin team. I just don't think it's going to be enough at the end of the day. We're going Bucky Badgers undefeated in the playoffs. It sounds like what we've got, at least for me, I've got Georgia, Clemson, 
I'm for Oklahoma and Wisconsin, whereas you just have Auburn and Georgia's place there. But that's all the time we have this segment, everybody. This is the Sporting Edge of Liberty Talk. FM and AM FM 24-7. What's up? What's up, everybody? We are back. And for this segment, I'm not better than ever. You know, I we're going to have to talk about the NFL, and that's just a topic I really don't want to talk about. And again, in 22 years of living, I don't really know of a time where I was so disappointed with the NFL I didn't want to talk about it. So this is, this is a new area for me. I might just need to find a new hobby. I love lanyard. I don't know if you guys have ever played with that stuff before where you weave it and it makes like a small little tower-looking thing. Maybe I can develop painting or something else. You know, maybe I should just go artsy. I don't know what you're thinking there, Xander, but the NFL has definitely lost my interest for this year until, of course, Aaron Rodgers comes back, which looks like he's on the fast track for. I mean, he's throwing 50-yard bombs already after recently breaking that collarbone. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is a freak of nature in the character in the category of LeBron James-esque. I think Aaron Rodgers comes back, and they slip their way in the playoffs somehow, keeping me, uh, keeping me in the loop, I guess, with the NFL, because right now I'm on the outside looking in. But Xander, I, um, I would say no, considering you're three and a half games back, but you keep dreaming. Hey, you know what? Sometimes dreams do come true. I mean... Just look at uh, everyone who's won the Super Bowl. That's like their go-to line. They're going to Disney World, and that's clearly been a dream of theirs for a long time. So like their I'm, Super Bowl I'm going to my Disney World tomorrow. You're, Vegas is your Disney World. That's like the adult Disney World. That's the adult playground where you try not to talk about what happened there after it occurred. <laughs> but Xander, is there any, any of these games intriguing to you? I mean, we've got the San Francisco 49ers who are playoff bound and the Chicago Bears who are playoff bound playing one another. I mean, that has to be intriguing, right? <laughs> Yeah, that's intriguing. You know what? Intriguing <laughs> game for me of the week. I'm, I want to talk about the Patriots because this is Patriots, real Patriots Bills in Week 12. Um, oh, excuse me, Week 13. If you remember, first quarter of the season, a lot of people questioning the Patriots. You know, is this the end of the run? Is this the end of Tom Brady? People getting on the Bills train. They were 3-1. and one. They looked unbelievable. Now we sit here. When the truth comes out, the Patriots are 9-2. and two. The Bills are six and five, and they wasted a week starting Stephen Peter or Nathan Peterman. I'm taking the Patriots minus ten here because I think this game is going to be a beatdown. And being a Patriots fan, you know they're not my number one team, but I was a fan of Drew Bledsoe growing up when he was on the Patriots. So there is a soft spot, in my, soft spot in my heart for them. And I'm tired of I was tired of people ragging on him then, and now I think it's time for Bill Belichick and Tom Brady to hang a fifty spot a 50-burger on the Bills because that's exactly what they deserve. Well, I that's a line I don't really want to touch. A division game in the cold in December, New England at Buffalo. I, I don't know. I like your pick. I think that the Patriots are going to win. I just wouldn't put my confidence behind that. Here's something that I was ragging on earlier in the show. I was just absolutely torching the Cleveland Browns. But I also don't appreciate the Los Angeles Chargers. I think they're also a terrible organization and franchise, and partly because they left San Diego, I do have a hatred for them, and partly because I think Phillip Rivers is one of the best quarterbacks ever to know how to lose a game. I love <laughs> that the Browns are plus 14, and that is absolutely— I do, I do too. That is absolutely my we agree on pick. This week. Oh, my God. They beat—so the only win in the last two years for the Cleveland Browns came against this Chargers team. Plus 14 might be the lock of the century. Bet the mortgage. <laughs> Bet the wife. 
Bet the car. Bet the dog. Bet your firstborn child's first name. Bet it all this week. Cleveland Browns, not going to upset the Chargers team, but they're going to lose 12-9. to <laughs> I, I just find it very hard to believe that a team that is under 500 is a two-touchdown favorite against anybody in the league. I know it's the Browns. I know they're winless, and I know the Chargers are hot. But you're telling me that a 5-6 and six Los Angeles Chargers team is a two-touchdown favorite against anybody I think is asinine. Absolutely and I'm going to bet the mortgage on the Browns also. And I'm probably going to regret it. But I'm going to do it. Bet the mortgage, you know? I mean, bet all that Monopoly money you have. I'm Just whatever you've got, just put it on the Browns. And I think that's the only time in the history of the NFL you could say that. I mean, obviously they had their good runs in the 60s, but who really gave a crap back then? I mean, alcohol little, just became A little fun again. fact about the Browns. Cleveland is now the second team in NFL history to start own 11 in consecutive seasons, joining the 76-77 Bucks. So, Hugh Jackson... I think th- this could be the end of the road this season. I don't know if they're going to sit there and wait any longer because I think it'll be, if they go winless this season, it'll be 1-31, in 1-27 in right now. I mean, That's bad. Um, my second it pick, is bad. My second pick is along the lines of Xander Horowitz's big spread pick. I also like Oakland minus 9 against the Giants. They're projected to win 34-11. to I think Geno Smith is so bad that they lose by 20-plus points. And I love Derek Carr. I love – and you know what? It's even better. The only other team other than the Packers that might keep my interest is this Raiders team. I freaking love this Raiders team. And they are still very much in the playoffs. Only a game back on the Chiefs who started 5-0. and Keep that in mind. They are 1-5 since that point. And I love this Raiders team. They're going to beat down this Giants team, send it to McAdoo, fire him, he won't even be getting on a plane back to New York. He might as well be going to Alcatraz out on the bay. He is done, my friends, and I think it ends in Oakland. Then minus nine, and then my last pick is because of Cam not providing me enough points last week. I'm picking the Saints minus four and a half at home against the Carolina Panthers. I'm done rooting for Cam. You know what? He just never did it consistently for me. I would talk shit about him, and then boom, he'd play really well. He just never did it consistently. He will not be a quarterback on my fantasy teams from this point for any or from this point forward. He will not be one of my fantasy quarterbacks. I got the Saints. They come off a loss. There's no way they lose this week. They're going to win by, I would say, a nice 13 points. Okay, fair enough. I do not have a pick in the Oakland game, but just to let everybody know, Michael Crabtree and Amari Cooper will not be participating in that game. One has a concussion. One is suspended. I am taking the Chicago Bears with my third pick. I cannot believe I'm taking a team minus three after they just lost 31-3. to But give me Jimmy Garoppolo and his first start on the road. I'm taking the Bears. It's been a disappointing season, but I think that's what everybody expected. So to me, it hasn't even been that disappointing. But this defense is pretty young still, has done some really good things. And I think Mitchell Trubisky shows out this game, finally throws over 20 passes. I see a good game in the future for the Bears, and I'll take a minus three versus the 49ers. I like that. And I guess just games to talk about. There is an interesting Sunday night game that is Philadelphia on the road at Seattle. So long travel for Carson Wentz. I think this is a statement game that could translate into a statement win. And they could either go for both ways. I mean, I think the Seattle Seahawks team is reeling way too many injuries to really be a threat down the road. But it just continues the legacy of Russell Wilson if he's able to pull this victory off. And then again, if Carson Wentz and the Eagles win, I'm 
even more confident and backing them even harder. Although I've been a naysayer for Carson Wentz, I think that this win would be unbelievable. Going into Seattle is one of the toughest places to play. Russell Wilson is one of the tops at playing at home. I mean, Tom Brady is one of the only quarterbacks ahead of him in terms of win percentage at home. This would be a spectacular feat if the Eagles were to go in there and win. Yeah, you know, the Eagles, I'm a big fan. I love Carson Wentz. I think he's had a great year. Um, But this is going to be a true test. I mean, you look at the past five games that the Eagles have played. They beat down Chicago, Dallas, Denver, San Francisco, Washington. Um, Those are five teams that are not having very good years. In Seattle, I don't really care who's on the field for them. That's a tough place to play. That is a really tough place to play, especially for a young quarterback. So if he comes out this game and shows me who I think he is, I think he's a great quarterback, then I will take this team exceptionally for real. Because they're playing the Rams next week. They're playing the Raiders in Week 16. And then they play division rival Dallas in Week 17. So I I know this team has the division locked up pretty nicely, but I'd love to see a strong finish to the season. Absolutely. And uh, I might – I have to look for a new team anyways, although, again, I think I'm boycotting the NFL, so it might not matter this year. But that is all the time we have this week, everybody. We are super stoked for what is about to come here on Saturday. We recorded this a little early, but that's just because we got Xander on the West Coast. He'll be back in studio next week. And he'll also be back on the lanes next Sunday with the, the team, the Georgia's Euros. Shout out to Georgia's Euros. We're just going to sponsor them here on here anyways. This is the Sporting Edge of Liberty Talk.fm. Follow us at Facebook, Twitter, and as well as Instagram where we post most of our stuff. And continue to support the show. Give us a share. Give us a follow. Have a fantastic not Thanksgiving weekend, everybody. Revolutionary talk for revolutionary times. Liberty Talk FM.